episode we have invited a seasoned private independent global market trader Jose Joey Arnas as he shares with us his valuable insights on algo trading as well as his financial Trading Education Advocacy and its significant relevance to our digital economy. So let's get started. Thank you for listening to FinCircle and welcome to our podcast. Are you fascinated by the world of algorithmic trading? Wondering how you can leverage advanced signal processing algorithms to gain an edge in the market? Algorithmic trading, also known as automated trading or algo trading, refers to the use of computer programs and advanced mathematical models to execute trades in the financial markets. These algorithms are designed to analyze vast amounts of data, identify patterns, and make trading decisions based on predefined rules. It has also gained popularity in recent years due to its ability to execute trades at high speed and with precision. Algorithmic trading offers several advantages over traditional manual trading. 
Firstly, it eliminates the influence of human emotions and biases, ensuring objective decision-making. Additionally, it enables trades to be executed at lightning-fast speeds, capitalizing on even the smallest market inefficiencies. Moreover, algorithmic trading allows for backtesting and optimization, enabling traders to refine their strategies based on historical data. This benefits has made algorithmic trading a preferred choice for both individual traders and institutional investors. Each of these advanced signal processing algorithms brings a unique set of capabilities to algorithmic trading. While they can be powerful individually, the true potential lies in their combinations. By strategically combining these algorithms, traders can mitigate their weaknesses of individual techniques and build a much more stable trading strategy. One of the standout advantages of utilizing these advanced algorithms in trading is the ability to determine the length of an indicator adaptively. Traditionally, fixed-length indicators may fail to capture the changing of dynamics of the market, leading to suboptimal trading decisions. In conclusion, algo trading, combined with advanced signal processing algorithms, has revolutionized the way traders can approach financial markets. By understanding the strengths and application of these algorithms and harnessing their potential in combination, traders can gain a competitive advantage and make well-informed trading decisions. In today's podcast episode, we'll be talking to Jose Joey Arenas, a seasoned private independent trader involved in global markets, a business entrepreneur, and a financial trading education advocate. As he shares with us his insightful views on the risk, challenges, and opportunities in the financial market today, as well as its equal importance to our digital economy. It's an honor and privilege to have you, Joey, and welcome to FinCircle. Yes, Ed, uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for having me, and I'm looking forward to answering questions and sharing whatever knowledge I have uh, to your uh to your audience thank you let's probably start by defining the present financial market situation and where do you think we are heading interesting question uh well financial markets today still functions you know, as a mechanism for price discovery uh it's still the place to go to determine the value of uh, financial assets be it in stocks, bonds, let's say forex, commodities, and of course now the cryptos. However, I like to describe it as uh, price discovery, but on steroids. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, the advent of uh, digital exchanges brought about by the internet revolution and the uh, the digital world uh, has created a Basic structural change in how financial assets are valued or priced. In today's exchanges, and, and, and you know, the digital networks that they depend on have resulted in the ability for the rapid change in asset prices. You know, the instantaneous access to information, the ability with a click of a mouse or a keystroke to make trading decisions have made it possible for market practitioners or participants to react in nanoseconds. This means 
that now supply and in, uh, and demand imbalances, which drive prices, can now happen at a much faster rate. You know, these imbalances results in price volatility. Uh, you know, the, unlike before, before a reaction takes, there is some amount of time that will be that will take for uh, a reaction in prices to occur. So the markets now move in unprecedented uh, price ranges and speed. In effect, what's happened is this. If, in my opinion, asset values have become questionable in the sense that uh, due to these rapid changes in prices, uh, but to a certain extent, it has distorted the real value of assets. The name of the game is just take the prices up and down as quickly as possible without real fundamentals behind it. Yeah, and the reason being, it is all about data. It's uh, Markets now are data-driven. And the faster you process data, the better your statistical edge. Market swings that would take longer in the good old days now can turn on the dime no? or in the blink of an eye. So that's why I want to call them as markets on steroids. You know, the rate of change is phenomenal. Now, uh, you're asking me also, uh, where are we heading? Well, I think that we exponentially move even, we will probably move exponentially faster, especially now with the introduction of uh, AI or artificial intelligence. Then of course you have machine learning and the algorithmic and the algorithms. No? The technology has been there and the big boys of Wall Street have been using it for the past decade. Uh, and you know, they use it to harvest the fruits of the markets. You know? However, technology has managed to extend its benefits to the retail trader, like you and me. There are tools available to the average Joe nowadays that do not require tens of thousands of millions of dollars to purchase and utilize. We are heading to the further expansion, in my opinion, of market access to the small boys. But in order to play with the big boys, you need to embrace the technology. Uh, and this is essential. If you do not adjust and embrace this, uh, it's going to be rather hard uh, to keep pace and to compete with them. We understand, Joey, that uh, you have engaged into global market trading for a certain period of time. Hence, what are your relevant takeaways from this remarkable experiences uh okay uh <laughs> well good question again i started my journey in the markets uh as a commodities and futures broker with merrill lynch uh in the late 70s so now you know how old i am no? <laughs> anyway i decided early on at that stage, you know, that I was going to focus my attention on learning and developing my skills in technical analysis or the study of price behavior. I soon realized that fundamental analysis, which at that time was considered the gospel truth on Wall Street, had its value, no doubt about it, but it lacked, in my opinion, the timing of when and where to get involved. 
the precise data points that price charts and price behavior provided was the way to go for me. Over the decades, it did prove its value. In fact, today, markets, as I said in the beginning, are all driven by price data. The study of price behavior, which can be quantified, is paramount to how trading is conducted today. In a way, it's all about the math. It reminds me of one of my mentors and says, you know, technical analysis is the arithmetic of human behavior. So to me, the movement of taking prices up and down is really what's driving uh, prices, regardless of what the reasons can be or behind the this volatility or this price movement. It's all about price data. Now, I also want to wish that, you know, uh, wish to share my journey as a long, was not a simple uh, process. You know, what it was long and difficult road. Uh, before the explosion of market and trading education online, I had to search for credible sources of mentors and coaches. I attended seminars and symposiums just to touch base with professional traders and communities of aspiring traders, all searching for the elusive system and holy grail. You know, I, I did spend a lot of my personal financial resources to get educated. In the process of trying to become profitable trader, I blew up several trading accounts, which is not unique to me. The old timers and the new timers will, will soon re have will attest to this, that uh, so many times you, uh, on a trial and error basis, has been very uh, painful financially. So I was a persistent loser until I soon soon realized that I just did not have the guidance to become a successful trader. So it was a str constant struggle. Now, uh, I finally got my aha moment when one of my mentors decades after pointed out to me that my issues had to do with my failure to accept losses. I had difficulties understanding that taking losses were an integral part of profitable trading. In fact, he used to say to be a successful trader, you had to become a professional loser, which was ironic, which was ironic. However, I did realize what he meant. Here I learned that the, the most important lesson was risk management. It was indeed an epiphany for sorts when uh, that you did not always have to be right to become a successful trader. And taking losses was just part of the cost of doing business. What mattered was how you controlled your risk, your losses. This was really my turning point, my aha moment. Okay, eventually I also discovered that as a market, as the market dynamics change over the years, I had to learn the new technologies in order to keep pace with the digital marketplace. You know, I always feel that to survive these markets on steroids, you had to learn how what tools are uh, are available to to keep pace with this constant stream of data, of price data. So um, my key takeaways would be the following: number one, master price behavior. 
Learn the technicals and the nuances of price action behavior. Learn the trading tools and technologies that are readily available. Most important, invest in your trading education. Number two, realize that risk management is what will make you survive in the long run and transform you into a profitable trader. The tools, technology will help, but until you master risk management, uh, it would be very difficult to be consistently profitable in the long run. So risk management is what will uh, be your ticket. It can uh, make or break you. And lastly, on the third takeaway would be successful trading is not a sideline or a hobby. You need to have the passion and the need to commit to the work, to the work that it demands. It's not a walk in the park. You know, many people think that uh, trading is just like sidelines and, and you know, I, some people have made it, it's possible, okay? But if you wanna become good at it, uh, you have to devote uh, a great amount of time in learning it and uh, make it a profession. A lot of, you know, in the when I used to hold seminars, people always thought that, you know, ah, trading is something you do on the side. Uh, something you, if you read, if you go to a weekend seminar and read, a thousand, you know, 10 books on trading, you are an expert. Okay. And believe me, it's just like uh, a doctor. He cannot be a good doctor if he just went to read a couple of books. So it's really has to be treated as a trading business and not as a hobby. Very good point, Jerry. Anyway, the most important question here, what is an algorithmic trading or most popularly known as algo trading and its value proposition to our digital economy? Okay, <laughs> algorithmic trading, okay. Uh, in a nutshell, Algo trading is nothing new. I mean, you've seen this all over <clears throat> in the last decade, especially with the big boys of Wall Street. No, But uh, in a nutshell, it's the use of a set of buy and sell rules that are based on a collection of parameters derived from a variety of price data points, <clears throat> excuse me, or data variables. In effect, it is a way to consistently execute buy and sell decisions without human intervention, not affected by emotions. You know, 90, the attrition rate in trader, in uh, new traders is pretty high. It, it can go as high as 95% will fail in trading. And the reasons are not really because of not that they're not experts or they have not mastered the techniques. It's really been the emotions. It's really a psychological problem that uh, make people fail in trading, the human emotions. And I've been, I mean, believe me, <laughs> I, I, I've been through that whole process now. <clears throat> so the nice thing about algorithmic trading, since it's, oh, it's a rule-based system, that is programmed into algo models will always provide you with the statistical information that will enable you to develop a degree of confidence resulting in having an objective way to deploy your core trading strategies. 
So <clears throat> the ability to do everything purely on rule based and you do not have any intervention, you don't participate in the decision making process uh, because of the rules that's been programmed makes it uh, gives you a better statistical edge uh, on your trading results. Now, in one thing that's very important also here is contrary to what some marketers, especially now, there are so many ready, ready-made off the shelf. I think there are thousand and one people selling you algos. But you know, where a lot of these people claim that it, it that the algos are made of just being able to plug and play them and expect profitable results, rare results. You know, this is one of the biggest problems, and you have to be very you know, here's where due diligence comes. No? You know, the deployment of these tools need to be validated using several protocols. But basically, you're talking of back testing, uh, forward testing, or uh, out of sample testing. You have to do optimizations. Then you got to do sim trading and then demo testing, uh, all these tools. So and another thing also is these tools are not one size fits all. The bottom line is it'll be is is it stable enough to maintain its profitability moving forward in the live markets? This is a this is very crucial. Like I said, it's because a lot of people buy uh, this algos plug and play, and then they turn it on, they set it up on the trading platforms that they're using only to realize that uh, the results are totally opposite of what it was marketed to be. And I'm not saying uh, that there are problems with the algos. It's really that you have to be on top of it and always monitoring it, and you have to tweak it. You have to retest, re-optimize, uh, et cetera. No? So, and as I said in the beginning, you know, AI, machine learning, and algo tools are going to be an essential element in trading the digital markets. We need to embrace it and utilize it in our to our advantage. We we are actually in the doorsteps of the digital world of financial markets. So, if you want to make it, you have to level up. As a global market trader, Joey, what are your key criteria to will somehow influence a successful trade deals. Okay. Well, if I understand your question correctly, no, the key factors in developing core strategies to deploy can vary in number, in scope, and complexity. However, it is essential that the rules and conditions that generate the the entry and exit signals or the buy and sell signals are based on sound price and market behavior, trend analysis, fractal nature of prices, momentum, volume, supply and demand imbalances, and much, much more. Too many to mention here. But what's my point? The point being is that one develops rules that are validated by, by, uh, by market behavior. Validation is very important. Uh, this is the most, the, what, what's interesting about algorithmic software, the ability to test, do a lot of back testing. Now, this is where the value of, of computers have come in. 
you can always test your strategies, validate it, uh, refine them, change them, tweak it, etc. And this is a constant. Uh, and here is where you know what I think eventually uh, AI will come into the picture to be able to help you uh, find the right parameters, the right uh, variables to run an algo. But that remains to be seen. <laughs> right now, it's basically focused on machine learning. Okay, so I guess that that's I would like to say that's where we're. You know, uh, that's how you would use uh, algorithms. Given that algo trading can quickly scale a strategy across multiple assets, which uh, can somehow yield economic gains, what are its underlying risks? I think this is the risk management that you've highlighted a few minutes ago. And how will we mitigate them? Yeah. Okay. Okay. As I mentioned, uh, the need to keep tabs on the algo's stability during deployment is essential. Deployment of algos have to match the asset being traded. An algo with a fixed set of parameters may not work with all financial instruments. Financial instruments have different degrees of price volatility and uh, price behavior. You know, it's just like uh, you can't, you know, you cannot, if you're courting a girl, every girl has its own first personality. And you got to know how to how to play around with that, <laughs> you know, not you cannot use the same technique for all girls, no? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so financial instruments have different degrees of price volatility and behavior. You can use a template or an algo engine but you still need to custom tailor it by adjusting the parameters. It does not follow that if it worked with a set of parameters for a particular instrument, it will work for all instruments, okay? Uh, thinking that one algo or a set of tools will work for all is very dangerous. That's why here again, it is constant need to revalidation revalidation no? and it's also very important to have in your algo model uh and this is very important is to integrate risk management if you fail to do that then you're putting yourself at a greater risk because like i said before risk management is the key to uh sustainability so you really have to have money management rules that uh, built into the algo models. And of course, the only the ultimate way to mitigate everything, and this is very important, uh, is to be able to override the deployment of the algo as quickly as possible. You know, uh, if your software has to have the ability to shut off the algos, you know, and I said maybe even this ability to shut it off Maybe something that uh, AI will help eventually. It will be able to figure out, hey, it's to stop, 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 you know, and it can do it by itself without you having getting involved. So it's something to look forward to, no? We understand that you're in the process of building up a financial trading academy 
as part of your personal advocacy. Perhaps you can tell us more about it. Okay, okay. Well, this is close to my heart. Uh, well, as part of my advocacy over the years, I have trained and mentored a few hundred wannabe traders. In line with this objective, uh, I am seeking partnerships or collaborations with universities, business schools, or any organizations involved in the financial services industry here in the Philippines. My objective is to offer legitimate courses or training that will focus on the real world of trading. I intend to bridge the gap between theory and reality. So this is one thing. I've done this very informally, and it's not as if I'm going out every day preaching this, but it's very close to my heart because uh, I've, you know, in the 30, 40 years that I've been in the financial in trading, I've seen even, you know, uh, people you would have expected who run big companies and big banks and big and funds, you know, their understanding of global market, especially, uh, has, is not, as far in my opinion, uh, lacks an in-depth understanding of how it operates from a trading point of view. No? So it's something that I've always wanted to uh, to share with how to use and make money using global markets. So right now I'm still in the in the process of the you know the planning stages, like they say, uh, the devil is in the details. So I'm in that stage. Now, uh, last year, for example, I did <clears throat> excuse me, I did have a uh, course in collaboration with my alma mater, Ateneo de Manila University, under their continuing education program where we were asked to do a uh, executive training program for for short-term trading. So we did that. Uh, and we are understand that I think they want to redo something similar to this this year. And this is something that I guess we can be, uh, be focusing on in the next couple of months. Uh, and we can actually, I'm sure we will be able to update uh, people about exactly when the Ateneo would like to hold this. No? But the whole idea here is really just to, again, I want to be able to uh, bridge the gap between theory and reality. So this is where I would say that would be my, uh, what I'm focusing at this stage, you know, the, this advocacy of trading, uh, of teaching people how to trade, how to accept global markets. What is the adoption ratio that uh, you have observed for algo trading in the Asia-Pacific region, specifically for the Philippines? Uh, okay, in the Philippines, you know, I, it's hard to, I don't want to sound uh, <laughs> pessimistic or anything, but I venture to say that the use of algo trading is extremely limited. I may be wrong, no? Uh, I'm not, uh, I've, you know, I've been out of the loop for some time, but based on my uh, constant interaction with some old friends, uh, I do have my doubts of the extent of its use. 
You know, a lot of traders that I'm aware of still use discretionary trading techniques. Okay, so it's all by the feel and you know the. And I'm not saying there's that that's wrong. I mean, honestly, I myself, I I, I <laughs> I'm so used to discretionary trading, you know. And there there are many times that I myself uh, over second guess the algos, and uh, regrettably I do most. I regret doing it, no, trying to be discretionary. Now, in the other parts of Asia Pacific, I am not in a position to really make an, an honest assessment. However, I will not be surprised if institutional uh, institutions located in the major financial centers in this region do have algo trading as a core strategy. strategy you know, uh, first of all, institutions use algos a lot, not necessarily as part of the strategy, especially for execution. You know, for execution of trades with the volume that they take, they they have to know uh, how to deploy this uh, into the marketplace. So algos does play a uh, significant uh, part in their trading strategies. No. Now, I honestly I don't see how a hedge fund or a market or a global market fund would survive without algos in in uh, nowadays no so um it's going to be very important and i hope the philippines uh will start opening up their awareness of how to use algos how do you foresee the future of financial trading ah okay <laughs> that's a <laughs> Well, you know, as long as capitalism and free markets are not disrupted by geopolitical conflicts, uh, political interventions, and socialist agendas that seem to be, by the way, festering globally today, then there is a big move to move out of capitalism. Then, you know, then I expect that markets to continue to function and provide price discovery and a venue for wealth building opportunities. Well, um, you know, likewise, I do expect that moving forward, the power of computers and algos will continue to dominate and even ex expand its utility value in trading. The day has come that if one fails to keep up with trading technologies and neglects to accept that markets have changed, then you will be left out. It's a very, you know, you really have to embrace this technology. Now, of course, you have this new animal called AI, which may eventually make traders obsolete. I hope not, <laughs> you know. Uh, but this remains to be seen. You know, this remains to be seen. From your perspective, uh, Joey, what are the things we are doing effectively well on the financial trading market in the Philippines? And how can we make it more inclusive? Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, well, related to the previous question, I could say, uh, well, it's really 
okay, it, it's it's a tall order. No? All I can say is that the financial industry has in many ways been a transformative catalyst in world history by providing the capital resources for re innovation and te technological changes, as well as an instrument for wealth building. However, it has also had its share in creating disruptive events due to the obsession with maximizing returns and the pursuit of unbridled wealth. You know, I guess a good example would be the 2008 housing crisis. Now, having said that, I, I remain a firm believer the financial market does offer an alternative way to grow your wealth without the risks of having to freeze your assets in brick and mortar enterprises. You know, brick and mortar enterprises are, of course, uh, is a foundation of a lot of economic wealth. However, the, the problem with brick and mortar enterprises is that you have to freeze, <laughs> you have to commit your capital, okay? So there is a problem with liquidity. Now, unlike markets, okay, liquidity of markets will provide you with a seamless way to move capital resources as opportunities present themselves. In other words, liquidity can be shifted at the, well, if you want to use something as quickly as a, as a good example, if I find an opportunity in gold uh, with a click of a mouse, I can move my capital uh, to, to gold. If I find an opportunity in the next couple of seconds in wheat, I can become a farmer and execute and commit uh, a trade, a commitment in my wheat trades, etc. So this is what I'm saying about liquidity. Now, when it comes to the Philippines, I think we, sh we still are behind in many aspects of global financial markets uh, in terms of, uh, you know, a lot of banks and financial institutions are not very, you know, they, they are aware of global markets, obviously, but they don't participate too much. Now, I, this could be because of, uh, I guess, uh, regulations, okay? and also a lack of, uh, of in-depth experience in how to trade global markets. You know, in fact, I don't have exact numbers, but I venture to, to say that our financial services industry are, of course, uh, few understand the insides of the global uh, stage. Actually, I see more interest, you know, this is the irony of it all. I see more interest and involvement among people outside the institutions. Private individuals, you know, they they love, uh, they have embraced global online trading, global markets. You've got people, you know, who've been trading Forex, crypto is a good example. Uh, people have already started futures. And, uh, and, but this has really been confined a lot to private individuals. In fact, this is where my interaction has really been more in this in this area, and not with the big boys or the institutions. No? And you know, the big boys of the Philippines uh, have to realize that there is more to life 
<laughs> outside the PSE. Okay, I understand that they are. It's beyond their comfort zones, no? but uh, yeah, I think uh, a good way of looking at this. I, you know, I think that the pandemic has shown that if one is very parochial in view and only focuses in the PSE or the local markets, opportunities are hard to find. Now, you know, one big problem we have in the Philippines is, I mean, not for anything, you know, and they will probably be, I may be attacked by, <laughs> by saying this, but uh, we are a developing uh, financial market. I mean, you know, we, we don't have too much. Uh, we do have foreign participants, but our market, let's face it, is small in, in relation to our neighbors. No, now, you know what happens also is you know the ability to harness the profit potential of two-way markets. Being what do I mean by two-way markets? Long and short. In other words, I can make money when the, there is a bull market. I can make money and uh, when the markets go down by going short, and this is available in the global markets, you know? Uh, so this is very limiting. And I think the pandemic has shown that, you know, there are, if you're just gonna stick to the local markets, uh, you're sort of tying your hands. You're not trying to harvest anything outside the Philippines, no? And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not putting down the PSE, that, don't get me wrong. The, you know, we need the PSE. It's part of our ca capital markets. It's very important. But I think it's like the whole concept of you have to diversify, look at other opportunities. And um, there are some, I, I'm aware of, I don't want to mention names, but there are people who've been pioneers already in lower markets. And uh, they have actually set up what we call prop firms, proprietary trading firms. The we're in, they actually risk their own money uh, in trading global markets, which is, in my opinion, it's important. You know, it's it's important. So um, yeah, basically that's that's how I look at things in the Philippines now. Very well said. Given your wealth of experience on the financial industry, Joey. Any word of advice that you can give uh, to our stakeholders, clients, and peers alike with regards to this subject matter? Most importantly, what are the easiest way of reaching you? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I don't claim to know everything. Uh, far, far from it. You know. But I've seen the evolution and the structural changes that markets have gone through the decades, especially with the introduction of uh, digital technology and how markets are now uh, purely run by uh, networks, digital networks. You know, I cannot overemphasize the need for financial institutions and private individuals to explore and invest in technologies that will enable them to understand what I said earlier also, uh, the innards of the markets. You know, investing in your trading and education uh, is very important. You have to level up and broaden your horizons if you intend to become a successful participant in the markets. 
So my basic advice, you know, if I have to summarize what I think is learn, educate yourself, open your minds to the fact that uh, global markets do have, uh, you know, a role in wealth building. And uh, like I said, based on what happened in the pandemic, uh, if you cannot, if you're stuck in a certain mindset, uh, you won't be able to really be able to broaden your horizons. And uh, this is very important, I think. Uh, don't think, like I said, I always used to tell some of my friends you know, that there is more to life outside the PSE. Now, how can you reach me? Okay. How can you reach me? Uh, well, you know, first of all, I want to say, you know, I, I am a private trader for myself. I'm not a financial advisor. I have, I've done many things all just for my own. I do this in a very private way, you know, and I, I love uh, sharing my experience and I love teaching people and but it, on a institute, I've never institutionalized it. It's not, it's not as if I have a school or anything like that. No, but uh, I'm more than willing to help. So I, if you want to reach me, I can. I have my uh, email address, which uh, which is m m t s trader at gmail dot com. Maybe. You could publish that or something. I don't know. We'll definitely share that information, Joey, to the rest of our listeners. Thanks so much, uh, Joey, for sharing us your valuable insights on algorithmic trading and its uh, critical importance to our digital economy. We wish you all the best uh, in the future. Thank you, and uh, I hope I've been able to shed some light. <laughs> so thank you guys, and uh, thank you uh, Fin Circle for the opportunity. Ventures and International KYC Group from the Netherlands and Singapore. We would like to express our sincere appreciation to Jose Joey Arenas on sharing us his remarkable perspective on algorithmic trading and its significant relevance to our digital economy. We would like to hear from you Share us your thoughts regarding our topics and send us a message on the Anchor Voice message box. Your message could end up on our future podcast episode. Make sure you never miss any episodes of Fin Circle 
by clicking the subscribe button or follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Pocket Cast, Audible, Overcast, TuneIn, and Anchor.fm. You can also reach us on our website at fincircle.wordpress.com and our Facebook page at Fincircle Podcast. This concludes our podcast episode today. Thank you for listening on Fincircle. This is Ed Angeles. Let's catch up again soon.